Recapture your childhood with Mary Mac Bakehouse's newest oat bran muffin mix, PB&J. Vanilla oat bran muffins with peanut butter chips and strawberry jammy bits. Available now on MerryMacPodcast.com. They're nostalgia-licious. Hello, and welcome to In the Kitchen with Mary Mac. Today's recipe is for smoked turkey gumbo. And this is sort of a leftover recipe, but not really a leftover recipe. It's more of a forced leftover recipe. This recipe comes from Emeril Lagasse, and it dates back to the late 80s, early 90s. And how I found this was we don't have cable television or satellite television or anything like that at our house because we live in the middle of nowhere. So we have antenna. We have antenna TV. I have, I'm kind of an avowed... I'm never paying for television sort of a person. So <laughs> although I probably will someday, but so far so good. So they're always adding channels. So so let's say like uh, an, a network like NBC has a basic channel and then they have like five other channels that go with their channel. So it'll be like channel two, one, channel two, two, channel two, three, channel two, four, that kind of thing. Okay, that's what we people who have intended TV deal with. So every once in a while, they add a new channel. And ta-da, they added a cooking channel in the early, late summer, early fall last year, which has old cooking shows on it, which I know sounds hilarious, but they added these. These are old cooking shows. So there's like um, Martha Stewart cooking shows and Julia Child cooking shows. And of course, Emeril, when he first started out cooking shows when he was a younger man and a chef in New Orleans. And a lot of the shows deal with his early recipes, his new New Orleans style cooking. So that's where this recipe comes from for the smoked turkey gumbo. So this is the really funny thing. I watched the show. And I'm looking, I go, oh, this is great because we're going to smoke a turkey at Thanksgiving. So it uses smoked turkey legs. So I said, oh, I'll save the turkey legs and then we'll make this, right? So in the meantime, I, I took notes, but it go, you know, cooking shows just zip past so fast. So it's really hard to get a good recipe off of them because it, it moves so quickly that you don't get it. So of course they do that because they want you to buy a cookbook or whatever, you know. So I thought, well, I'll see if I can find the recipe online. So I I did find a very not informative recipe online. <laughs> bare bones. Bare bones. Bare bonesy kind of recipe online. And I found one first I found a recipe that had only the ingredients and no no instructions at all. <laughs> and then I found this recipe that I'm going to use that I used to make it and um that I'm keeping but at the bottom of the recipe it says as a like a footnote, this recipe comes from New New Orleans Cooking by Emeril Lagasse and Jesse Tersh, you know, published in 1993 by William Morrow, right? So I go on to my favorite used book site, Thrift Books, and I look up this cookbook and they had it. And it was like $5. And I said, great, I'll get it. I'll buy the cookbook because I want the recipe. I buy the cookbook. It's not in there. This recipe is not in Emerald's New New Orleans Cooking. Lots of other great recipes are, and I do recommend the cookbook because it's a good cookbook, and we'll probably be doing some recipes from it because I saw some really neat things that I wanted to try, but this recipe wasn't in there. So I'm using this very poor copy of the recipe 
<laughs> that I actually used to make it. And this is good, smoked turkey gumbo. If you've never had a real gumbo, gumbo's, it's sort of like a stew, like a spicy stew. And there's a few different kinds. Typically, what you might find in gumbo would be like a chicken gumbo, which usually has okra in it. Okra is a vegetable popular in the South. It's really good. I, I like okra, and I actually use it in things like this. And, you know, not it's not in this soup, though, but in other sorts of New Orleans-style or Creole-style cooking. The interesting thing with okra is it actually will thicken up broth also, so it works nice as a thickener. They also use like a filet powder in them sometimes, you know, as a thickener and as a flavor element in a gumbo. This gumbo doesn't use those things. And this is different from what I have made before in a gumbo. So I thought it's interesting to, you know, it'd be interesting thing to try. And one of the things that this recipe uses is something that is, um, we've talked about in other recipes, this uses a roux. It's a different sort of a roux, though. Typically... When you're using a roux, you're using it as a thickener, and you usually use butter and flour, a butter flour paste that you add milk to and make a sort of a white sauce. We talked about the bechamel sauce when we made uh, one of our previous podcasts. We made a sandwich. We've used it as a, a base for soups and things like that. This roux is made with vegetable oil and flour, okay? And basically, in... The New Orleans-style cooking or the Creole-style cooking, they make a roux. You want to use an oil that doesn't have a flavor to it. And I know that sounds funny, but when you're making the type of roux that you're going to use for this gumbo, you want to be able to cook it until it gets really nice and dark and it gets this beautiful glossy texture to it and it's beautifully smooth and dark and it has a, a different, it gets a different flavor and it really makes a, this fantastic flavor base for soup like this. In this style of cooking, you can go all the way from a blonde roux all the way to a roux that's like, good grief, it looks like dark chocolate. It depends on the recipe. Usually it'll say like the color. It'll kind of go by color on these recipes and it'll say you want this, you know. This particular roux, you want it to, you want to cook it and it's going to become about the color of milk chocolate. So this adds some time to this basic recipe, and this is the most time-consuming part of it. The second most time-consuming part of it comes at the end, or no, at the, well, about two-thirds of the way through when you add the collard greens, because collard greens take forever to cook. But first of all, if you like gumbo, if you like smoked turkey, and if you like really, really rich flavorful soups, stews, um, things like that. You will really like this. This was, I thought this was, this is probably now one of my most favorite soups that I've made, especially I make, I, I go into phases throughout the year. So I go into like a Creole phase and then I go into a French phase and then I'll drift into sort of an Asian phase. And I just move through the year like a, like a cooking calendar. And I try all these different things, but I really, really love Creole-style cooking, New Orleans-style cooking. And it's always really, it's so funny because it's, it's, it's mostly spices and cooking technique that brings the flavor out in these dishes. It's not, um, and there's a billion ingredients, you know, <laughs> and there's a billion processes, but it's all well worth it in the end. So for this one, 
you need, of course, you're going to need some smoked turkey legs. And a lot of times you can get these from a good meat market. They'll actually just have them. If they smoke their own meats, they'll have smoked turkey legs. So that's a major ingredient and you'll need two of them. I used the leg and the thigh. We smoked a turkey at Thanksgiving. So I immediately removed the leg and thigh on one side and then I just kept the drumstick on the other side and put them, uh, I let them cool, put them in a bag and threw them in the freezer so I'd have them. Did you keep the it like on the bone? Or yes. Did, okay. Yes, kept the bone and all because you need that bone for your broth. You want to make a nice, a nice broth out of it. So you need that. And as I said, you need collards. We are blessed to have a really wonderful Sparkle store near us, which is a store that's owned by the Kroger Company, which is a big Southern, has a big Southern chain of stores. So we get all these really fantastic Southern vegetables and canned foods and stuff, which is just great. It gives you a lot more variety in cooking than you typically get in uh, the Northern United States. So I'm able to get collards like the year around, which is kind of nice. So you'll need collard greens. And then other than that, there's not really anything... Too awfully odd. Most things are pantry items. You do have to make up a batch of what is called Emerald's Essence or Emerald's New Orleans Spices, or it's also called Creole Seasoning. Sometimes it's called Bayou Blast. But that recipe was, you know, I would think that he wouldn't give this out, but isn't that nice of him? He gives out the recipe for his seasoning blend. He also sells this bottled. You you know, he has several different seasoning blends that he sells. And I know that this is one you can buy, but you can also make it yourself. So, and it's a good one to keep around because it's, if you like to do Southern style cooking and this type of cooking, it's a good seasoning for anything like, you know, that's a Southern style dish. Here we go through the recipe. The first thing you're going to do is you're going to make your roux. So you're going to need one and a half cups of all-purpose flour, and three-fourths cup of either vegetable oil or canola oil. Do not use olive oil. Olive oil is too flavorful for this. So just go with a basically like a, veg- a generic vegetable oil or a canola oil. And then here are the rest of the ingredients. This is I'm just going to give you the ingredients as they go. And then when I get to the part about Emerald's Essence, we'll take a kind of a break there. So just when you're gathering up your ingredients, here's what you're going to need. You're going to need one and a half cups diced onions, regular old cooking onions, three-fourths cup diced celery, and three-fourths cup diced green bell peppers. Those three items, the onion, celery, and green peppers, are called the Holy Trinity of New Orleans-style cooking. And they are in everything. When you make a base sauce for something, when you make a soup, when you make any sort of a recipe, a rice recipe, anything like that, those are your base things that are going to be in it, the Holy Trinity. Then you need two tablespoons of minced garlic and one bottle of stout beer, a nice dark stout beer. I used Guinness. You can use whatever you want in a good stout beer. There are many of them around. You're going to need eight cups of chicken broth or chicken stock. You're going to need a teaspoon of dried thyme, two bay leaves, four teaspoons of emerald's essence. Then you'll need a teaspoon of salt, a fourth teaspoon of cayenne pepper, 
And this says, it, the recipe, it says four pounds of smoked turkey legs. But just like I said, two turkey legs is plenty. And like, if you have the thigh with it, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine. So two turkey legs is plenty. A pound of collard greens. And I can tell you, like, when you're getting call, if you've never bought fresh collard greens in the grocery store, uh, they're like any other vegetable that you get in the grocery store. They're a little you know, collard greens are a little tough anyway, and you really have to cook them a long time. But in the grocery store, they're like tobacco leaves or something. So look for the smaller greens, the smaller leaves that aren't like the enormous elephant ear size leaves. And um, I got a bundle that was like, I want to say maybe like a three to four inch diameter bundle of them. And they were probably about 10 inches long, maybe. But just try to look for ones that look a little less tough, I guess, to say. I don't know how to say it better. Because, they, you know, it, 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 in the grocery store, like I said, you're going to, you might get, like, you don't want to waste a bunch of the leaves if they're, you know, these great big old looking leaves. So, okay. And then you need a half cup of chopped green onions or like scallions and a half cup of chopped fresh parsley leaves. If you don't have those, because seasonally, those are hard to find. So if you don't have those, those are not needed. They're almost sort of like a garnish, or you add them at the very end of the soup, but they you don't need those. Um, that would be, I would say, under the optional list, okay? That's your ingredients for the actual gumbo. You also are going to want some steamed white rice for serving with this. And um, I think I made like four cups of rice because the amount of gumbo you get out of this recipe, it's a nice amount. So um, you'll need to have some white rice way at the end because the soup takes a long time. So don't make it at the beginning. <laughs> and this is served like a scoop of rice is set on the side edge of the bowl of the gumbo. So it's not really like mixed in with it. Okay. Now here's the ingredients for Emerald's essence that you use in this. And this is like a separate little recipe, okay? So you need two and a half tablespoons of paprika, two tablespoons of salt, and I would say sea salt, two tablespoons of garlic powder, one tablespoon of black pepper, one tablespoon of onion powder, one tablespoon of cayenne pepper, one tablespoon of oregano, and one tablespoon of thyme dried oregano and dried thyme. And then you mix that up together, mix that up really well with a little whisk and keep it in a bottle. And that's your emerald's essence. So here's what you're going to do. Now, again, I used, um, I have a nice big La Crusette Dutch oven, which works perfect for these sort of situations, but you want at least a six quart sized Dutch oven, heavy Dutch oven with a nice heavy bottom, or like I said, a La Crusette style even a cast iron, regular cast iron style, because you need a nice heavy pan. This is going to cook for a while. So you want to put your pan on the stove, and you want to have your burner set on medium heat, like right in the middle of your settings, okay? And you're going to add the oil and flour to the pan and start to whisk that up. And you want to, what? this is what I did. I put the oil in the pan and I started whisking it slowly while sprinkling the flour over top. And then I whisked the flour in until it was well mixed. And then you're basically going to stir this for the rest of your life. <laughs> I, I kept going with it. I, 
Well, I, I'd never made a roux quite like this before. I was very worried about it burning, which you really do have to watch that. You don't want it to burn. What you want to happen is it's really strange when you make a roux like this because what happens is the oil absorbs the flour. You know, it just, it becomes a dense mixture really quickly. So it, it doesn't, it's not like the flour fries in the oil. It's like it all cooks together in mass. So what you want to do, the object is to keep that moving. So I alternately used a wooden spoon and the whisk and I just kept it moving and I turned my heat down a little bit because I was afraid of it burning because I think if it burned, it would just be awful because you really, you really want to build flavor, but you don't want to have a bad flavor in there. So I just kept whisking and stirring and I kind of hung out by the pan and in the recipe, it says about 20 minutes. I'm going to say this is more like 40 minutes. This really takes a long time. You know, listen to a nice podcast and just sit there and whisk and stir away. And what I did, I kept going until it got to be the color of like, uh, I'm going to say the color of a regular Hershey Kiss. <laughs> that nice milk chocolate color. Once you get to that point, and what I did also was I prepped my other stuff. So I cut up my onions, celeries, and pepper. I made my essence. I did all this stuff while I was stirring. You know, I'd stir, take a break, do that, stir, you know. So once you get it to that nice milk chocolate color, you want to put the onions, celery, and peppers into it. And you want to cook that in there a little bit. And it'll kind of like sweat out and build moisture. Once you do that, then you're going to add your garlic, your fresh minced garlic to it, and you're going to stir that in and let that cook for a little bit. And then once that's incorporated, you're going to very slowly pour the entire bottle of beer in there, no sipping, and you're going to blend that in again with your wooden spoon, and you're going to let that come up to temperature. Now, once you get that stirred in, mixed in, and it starts to warm up with everything, you're going to add the chicken stock Stir that in until it's really well mixed. Now you're going to add the teaspoon of dried thyme leaves, two bay leaves, and then the four teaspoons of essence, your salt, and your cayenne to the pan. And stir that together to combine, and you're going to bring that whole thing to a boil. Once you get that to a boil, stir it well, and then reduce the heat to a nice simmer and put your turkey legs right into that and try to get them, which I had a very difficult time with, fight them down into it. Make sure they're in there so they're like submerged into the broth really good, okay? And you can even turn them if you feel like they're not in there well enough. And what you want to do is make sure your heat's turned down low enough so it's just at a simmer and put the lid on it and let that simmer Nice and cooking there. The recipe that I have says about three hours. I really don't think mine took that long. I want to say about an hour and a half to two hours. Just let it cook until the turkey legs are so tender that the meat is starting to fall off the bones. Now comes the fun part because now you have to remove the turkey from the pot and you have to get all of those bones and all that stuff out, which is insane. So I have, I took a slotted scoop like you use for frying. I have a, a nice size slotted scoop like that. So I just very carefully picked that turkey up and let the broth drip off and then set it into a um, 9 by 13 glass baking dish. 
because I wanted to catch any juice that might come off of there that would be good, you know, and all that. So you're going to let your turkey cool. In the meantime, you're going to take, you're going to have, while all this is happening and your turkey's cooking, you will have taken your beautiful collard greens and wash them really well. The thing with collard greens is they always have sand on them, so much sand. And even when you wash them, I swear you can still feel sand on them. So give your collard greens a really thorough wash, and then you want to cut the stems out of them because we're not going to, we don't want the stems in here. Okay. Once you get them stemmed and cleaned really well, put them on your cutting board and cut them up into about inch and a half squares Sometimes we're tempted the collard greens to leave them in a strip, but I swear they're going to stay in a strip. However you cut them, they're going to stay like that. They they are not a weak kind of a green that's going to cook up into a you know this isn't like a this isn't like a turnip green that's going to cook up to nothing. They stay they keep their shape. So cut them up into like I said like a one and a half inch square, and then you're going to throw all your collard greens into that broth and cook them while your turkey legs are cooling. You can turn that up a little bit and turn that up to an, a little bit higher of a simmer because you, I mean, they take a while to cook and and they, you want it to cook like an hour while you're waiting for the turkey to cool there, you know. So get your collard greens going, put the lid back on again. Now back to your turkey. When it's cool enough to handle, you want to take all the meat off the bones and get the skin off of it. And you want to just, you can cut it up if you want to into bite-sized pieces, or you can just tear it up into bite-sized pieces, however you want. But take all that turkey meat off. Don't burn yourself. There's no reason to burn yourself because those collards, you know, they're not in a hurry. Get your turkey ready. When you get it all ready, put it right back into the gumbo and give it a good stir. So now once you put that back in, you're going to bring that turkey back up to heat again and taste your gumbo, see if it needs anything, needs more heat, needs more salt, whatever. At this time, you can add the green, the chopped green onions and parsley, if you have them, to the pot. If you want to serve them more as a garnish, that's nice too. You can plate your gumbo into a nice big soup bowl and just sprinkle a little bit of the parsley and green onions on top. Put a scoop of that white rice on there and you've got this beautiful, delicious filling um, smoked turkey gumbo to enjoy that you have worked an entire day on. This isn't. This is one of the recipes. Like I like to say, if you have nothing to do all day, this is the thing to make. I feel like this pairs well with a Smith Island cake. <laughs> yeah, that's like, your weekend. It's a whole weekend. That's <laughs> your whole weekend of cooking. <laughs> gumbo and Smith Island cake. Well, the nice thing about this though is once you get. Once you get the roux done, it's really cooking on its own. So, you know, this, at least you're, it, it, this isn't like um, the Smith Island cake where you're working on it constantly the entire time. This is kind of, you know, it's on its own for a few hours at a time, but it is an all day thing. And I, you know, I know it's hard to, it's kind of hard to think about it, but really, really good food takes a long time to cook. I mean, you can whip something up quick and it's good. But something like this where you're building flavor upon flavor upon flavor, it's going to take a long time and you're going to appreciate it. You might not want to do this every single day, but this, like I said, this makes a lot of gumbo. So you can, you know, put some in containers, plan on freezing some of it, plan on taking it in your lunch and enjoying it for quite a while because it's very good. 
you know. And it just I have a I have a beautiful picture of it. I really enjoyed this. It has like all the elements that I really like. It has a nice smoky. It has this very deep dark flavor to it that comes from the roux that you built with all those seasonings and it's in the, in the beer. So you get this very rich, dark underlying flavor. Then you get that smoke comes through and then the heat comes through. And, you know, then you have the rice, the, the, the beautiful texture of the gumbo itself is fantastic. And then you have the rice and it's just, it's just such a very, very good thing. It's definitely worthwhile to do things like this every once in a while so you can say, wow, I can really cook things. So, <laughs> And like I said, I recommend this cookbook also, this Emerald's New New Orleans Cooking. You should be able to find it used anywhere. And Thrift Books is a wonderful site, thriftbooks.com. You can, I haven't, I haven't yet not been able to find the book I was looking for on there. And I find, I've find books all the time. I get like really old, obscure cookbooks, you know, you go on and find them. So um, this is a good cookbook. It has lots of great New Orleans style recipes, some Portuguese recipes, French recipes, Creole recipes, all kinds of things in there. Um, that's very good. And there's a lot of good writing in there that he does. Also, he adds a lot of colorful background to it. So this is definitely if you like Creole type food, uh, Cajun type food. This is a really, really good recipe. And we'll probably do, I, ha- I actually have like several other ones in line. Um, I, ha- I have a Creole recipe that's a little, it's like a quicker version of a Creole recipe. And then I have a Creole rice recipe that's really good, like a one pan recipe that we'll be doing. But this, this is like, I was excited to do this one because it was just so good. And the smoked turkey, um, it, we smoked it ourselves. So it was really super good. So so if you if you want to do a really crazy all day long gumbo type recipe, this is the recipe, baby. This is it. Sorry about any background meowing, by the way. Carmel was going nuts in our studio as you were listing off the ingredients. So just climbing on the table. Ridiculous. Anyway, make sure to check us out online on Facebook and Instagram at Mary Mac Bakehouse, on Twitter at Mobile Mary Mac and Mary Mac Podcast. And on our website, MaryMacPodcast.com. Thanks a lot for listening if you did. And if you didn't, too bad for you.